Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. It's time for Black Widow Talk. It is. Now, we already did an episode (laughs) on my more successful podcast, uh, the Weekly Planet podcast. Uh, I don't know why I'm naming it because you've definitely heard (laughs) that. Hey, P.S., just just before you're jumping over there, Sunny Mm -hmm. Bob, you've forgotten to say who we are. This is a suggestible podcast. We are married. My name is Claire James here also, and we recommend you stuff to watch, read, and listen to. And this week, I did a thing for James. You did. I, I took a bullet. I watched Black Widow for him. I thought that may uh, look. Either I thought you'll like it, or you'll have some interesting thoughts about it, which I want to know about. And what thought would be complete without speaking it into a podcast? <laughs> Correct, exactly. Everything is content. That's right. Everything is content. (laughs) What did you think? You literally just finished it. I literally just, you you put the kids to bed so I could watch it. I did. And I appreciated that. And I'll never do it again. (laughs) That was a one-off. I know. We need more Avengers movies to come out so I can get (laughs) and have an excuse. That's true. Um, Look, I bloody loved it. Whoa, that was loud. Oh, sorry, was it? Yes, it was very loud. (laughs) Look, I really enjoyed it. I, I will say that... I do get a bit bored in fight scenes. Yeah, it gets a bit explosion-y at yes, certain points. Yeah, correct. Yeah, I just and so we just do like... we'll just do full spoilers. It's been out for a while. Yeah, correct. There's dark Collins will put time codes below if you do want to jump ahead. If you all right, exactly. It, yeah. yeah, so I I get bored in fight scenes, yeah. and I know that you're like, ooh, that was a good fight scene. But no, generally, I, I'm like, Ugh, I'm with you. Like, too many uh, unless it's you know an interesting character or it's something we haven't really seen before, then yeah, I, I it's not not super interesting. So I guess when everything was kind of exploding and falling down at the end. Yeah, I mean that no, was, was kind of cool. Right, actually, I like no, that, that was cool. About, yeah. I really loved that bit. I thought that whole sequence mm. was. really I thought about cool. it. And I went, actually, I really liked that bit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. No, it was just a genuinely really great action movie. Mm. But I also loved the humor. Yeah, right. I felt like the script was handled so beautifully, mm. and all the characters. So Florence Pugh, her little sister, yeah, and Scarlett Johansson, obviously, is Black Widow. Their chemistry was. Great. Yeah. Like I feel like that their chemistry just sort of carried that film. There was so many great one-liners from the two of them and you really did believe that they grew up together Mm. and they had this kind of family, dysfunctional family dynamic, which was great. Um, it's David Harbour. David Harbour. I just love him. Yeah, he's great. And in this he just plays this kind of almost campy kind of like hilarious Mm. Russian dude and I, you know, obviously the red. Baron? Yeah, the Red Baron. <laughs> okay, good. I'm just double checking. No, the Red no, Guardian. I know. Red it Baron's sound the, right. the plain guy. That's right. Exactly. And I just, I really loved that whole thing. I, I saw an interview with him recently where he was like, I've just always wanted to be 40. He's like, and now I am. <laughs> and it, it's true because like as soon as he hit like 40, he was suddenly really famous. Or maybe just a bit before, but yeah. He does really suit being that kind of like 40 uh, kind of guy. And I love how in every other movie, whenever anyone gets to be a superhero, they like get super ripped. Yeah. And in this, he just like gets the opposite. Yeah, he got, he blew out. Like he he lost 
that way. But yeah, he yeah, did, which I thought was really fun and interesting. And Rachel Weiss is just yeah. like incredible in this. I loved how smart she is and how quick-witted all of the women are, but I also love the way that they showed her almost as someone who was without emotion. Yeah. Even though she is, she mm. obviously has heart, but she's been raised and it's just so interesting how the juxtaposition of those three women and how I mean, if you haven't seen it, obviously, we should probably go through what it's actually about. It's the origin sure. story of Black Widow. Sort right? of. Sort of-ish. Yeah. Where does it sit? Okay, I was so, trying to figure out so where she's, it sits in the Canonically, story. she's dead. I don't know if you saw the post-credits uh, yes, as well. I, but. Okay. This is going to make me sound terrible. I cannot remember how she dies or why she dies. doesn't matter. I, I don't feel bad. Nobody remembers anything in these movies. There's so many. No, of but them. does she die in that giant big battle with the big blue guy? No, no, no. With the uh, so they go gauntlet? to retrieve an infinity stone Correct, from the I planet Vormir, and to get the stone, you have to make a great sacrifice. Oh, that's right. She has and to she jump off, the, off cliff. The, the cliff. So she really is dead. She's dead. Oh, yeah. I was hoping she was going to walk back in. Like, but also you can. There's other timelines and clones and possibilities. Okay, so like she, so okay, so she is dead, but she possibly could be in more movies. I would be shocked if we never saw her in anything ever again. All but right. I think for the moment she is done. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Correct. All right. Well, and I what I also really liked. So obviously this is kind of – so where does this story sit Oh, sorry. So it's set after Civil War where all the Avengers fought each other at an airport. That's right. I remember that. And then they go their separate ways and she betrays Tony Stark and she goes on the run. So it's set in between that and Infinity War where all the aliens come to attack everybody. Right. Okay. That's good. Okay. I I, I had the the vague idea and notion that obviously that was – I don't think it really matters – when no, it doesn't said. really. I, because for me, like going in, I'm like, I know she's dead. I know that this story is kind of mostly inconsequential to like the greater thing. And I really wasn't expecting much for it. And I ended up really enjoying it. Yeah. yeah I, why did you enjoy it so much? The characters. That's what I, I mean, because there's little things like, why would they all speak in Russian accents uh, in English when they're sitting around like talking to each other at a tape and, you know, at a, like, yeah, why would they? Like, it's yeah, it, it's nonsense. Like, there's a lot, there's things like that, but it didn't. None of that stuff kind of sticks to me if I'm kind of going along with it. You know what I mean? If you start, and, and people like people did have a you know, criticism of that, which I, you know, I can't deny that is true. But if I don't notice these things, like as I'm watching it, I, it means I don't really. Yeah, yeah, and I, yeah. I sort of feel like it adds to the characters a bit. I don't know. Mm. I thought it was what I what I really enjoyed. Other than the fact that I thought the editing was great, like mm. really tight, yeah, I just loved the build up of the characters, and I felt like the first sequence when they're little kids—that's amazing, really yeah, amazing, really yeah. and also heartbreaking. Mm. And I felt like they did a really good job in a really short amount of time of building who these characters were, what their life was like living in Ohio. Is this like? you know, fake domestic family. Yeah, they're even doing the accents like when nobody's around. Yeah, 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 exactly. And the six-year-old girl, like the little sister, I was calling her Hanson, is a six-year-old, this sort of beautiful six-year-old innocent girl who sort of doesn't seem to understand what's going on. Mm. And I love too because I I went in knowing absolutely nothing about the storyline 
when they're going, they, they're all kind of sitting around a dinner table and then suddenly it's go time and they suddenly have to go on this adventure. Yeah. I had absolutely no idea whether they were all going to be killed. I had no idea yeah, right. what they were even talking about. I had no idea that he was the Red Guardian and Rachel yeah. Weiss was like a scientist for the Russians or whatever. <laughs> I had zero clue. And so that to me unfolded in this really interesting way. And when he flipped the trailer, we were like. Yeah, and I was like, oh, oh he's got superpowers. <laughs> oh, he's got to be someone important. You know, I just had And zero. he sort of is. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I just, and I initially thought they were a real family. Yeah. Like I had no idea. Did you know they weren't a real family? Yeah, no, I, I knew that like going in. I mean, I didn't, I didn't know the specifics of this like dynamic, but I, knowing that who she is and like the comic backstory, I knew that this all wasn't. What was fascinating to me about that was seeing where it was going to turn away from that family life because I knew like it was going to happen but I just didn't know the context oh, of it. And how it was going to work. And I, I think the reason why that scene works well and a lot of the, the interplay is because the director is Kate Shortland who is a straight director and, and she's done, done a bunch of like indies and stuff like that prior to this and I think she brings a lot of that kind of humanity to this movie. The, like a complaint of this movie I would make is that it's kind of, it, it's like five years late. It should have come out, you know, they should have made it five years ago. Like before she died, like you know, after Civil War, that movie. You know, yeah, I to kind it, of build it as a main yeah. movie yeah. rather than as like a side note. Is yeah. that what you mean? And like the pandemic, obviously, that cannot be helped in terms of the release yeah. of this because it was it was February last year it was supposed to come out. It was done. It was finished. But you know, but other than that, I think if you were going to watch these in any order, you'd kind of plonk this further back, back then, somewhere. Yeah, yeah mm. that makes a lot of sense. And then I think. The note at the end, because obviously she has died, and so there's yeah. that after scene credits. Because you know, I, I know about that. Are you now. stuck around? I You're was stuck around you for the credits. I fast forward them. Did you I love to see Julie Louis oh, Dreyfus? She was brilliant. Yeah. I love that whole sequence as well. I thought that was just so funny and mm. clever, but also really touching when you suddenly start understand the context of mm. her sister grieving her, yeah. and also which I kind of really loved. The complaint that I've had and a lot of women have had is that Black Widow got zero funeral and zero anything and Tony Stark got a bloody, like, festival and everyone's there (laughs) being like, Tony's gone and no one bloody said anything about Black Widow when she's such a pivotal character. There's a meme that's like... Everybody gets a funeral, and like, including Captain America, and Hulk who didn't a die. Bench? And, Hulk a bench. and look, I look. I also, from a storytelling perspective, she's not like the one in the public eye who's beloved and like doing press conferences and all these kinds of things. No, but but even then, you could have done something like privately. Yeah, which they don't, <laughs> yeah exactly. Which they don't do. Anyway, so that to me, her having a headstone and actually seeing that people really. Yeah, and Mister was some for some reason really moving and important to me. What I also liked about uh, Florence Pugh's character, so I'm just going to say some stuff that I didn't say in my other review that I forgot, was that first of all that scene where she talks about the vest that she got and it's got all the pockets in it and how she likes yes, all the different pockets. Correct. So she spent her whole life having people like dress her or she's mind controlled, so she's you know she can't choose her own clothing. And then when she shows up at the funeral at the end, she's got like. You know, this like crazy kind of coat on and like a ring on every finger and all this, you know what I mean? All this jewelry as this kind of like expression of somebody who hadn't been able to do that. Whereas Black Widow doesn't do that because she didn't have that. Like they had similar experiences, but they went very separate ways. I thought that was 
like a little kind of thing that was that was a, that was a nice inclusion that yeah. sets them apart. But it isn't like explicit. It isn't like look at me, I'm an individual now. You know? Yeah, exactly. Well, yeah, and one thing I also really enjoyed about her character, obviously, I bloody like you popped in and you were like pockets eh? yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when the scene came, and obviously, yes, every every bloody piece of clothing should have pockets, like all men's clothing. Okay, side note: sure. men's clothing tends to be way cheaper, made much better, yep. and much more practical with lots of pockets. Yeah. What the actual F? It's so unfair. I don't know what to tell you. It's so annoying. I even saw, and just on another side note, Misrepresented, which I'll talk about on another podcast, is mm. Annabelle Crabb's new show where she looks at six uh, different Australian women yeah. who are really pivotal in our political landscape. And one of the little grabs I saw, because I haven't actually watched the show yet, was just about how annoying it is that for female politicians, their clothing is seen as a reflection of their character. Mm. But then they just show footage of literally every man in politics ever who has two outfits, the suit and then the casual shirt. And that's it. Sometimes, and it's not a, so, sometimes a cowboy hat. Yeah, yeah the, exactly. The but genu- generally they can get away with having an entire political career mm. where they've barely had to think about what they wear and no one comments on it yeah. because they all wear the same thing. Yep. And so I, anyway, that's just a side note rant for another day. But that, that whole thing about clothing being functional and having pockets and also looking mm. great, I loved. I loved that scene. I loved that she shared the best with her sister. I loved that Best they are like both so capable and obviously like equals. Did you like how she was like, what do you do that thing where you pose when you flick your hair back? Yeah, I really enjoyed that. <laughs> I enjoyed all of it. I thought the jokes all really landed. Mm. I even enjoyed when Red Guardian is just in jail with like gold teeth and he's just there grumbling around and then he does the, he's like telling this sort of fictional story about him and Captain America and then he does the. Or is it fictional, Or Claire? is it fictional? Who knows? I did a video on it. I don't think it is fictional. Oh, I mean, I don't see. think. There's multiple branching timelines and whatever, so I think he fought somebody who was Captain America, but not that the one. Captain America at that point in time. Anyway, sorry. All right. Well, there. that is not a very interesting fact to me. <laughs> I didn't think it would be. <laughs> I wanted to ask you something else that uh, actually okay, upset th- a bunch of people that you in a moment that that okay. probably won't upset you. But sorry, yeah, go on. All right, okay. Um, and I just really like the arm wrestle and how he just crushed that guy's hand, which is <laughs> awful and terrible. And I hated seeing the hand being crushed, but I just really enjoyed that yeah. character and how he's like. Supposed to be this big superhero, but he can't really get out up the tower. And then that yeah. whole scene I thought was really cool when he escapes from the jail. Mm. I thought that was really awesome. Hello, everyone. It's me, James. I'm, I'm here, just me, for the moment to talk about ExpressVPN because we all take little risks every day when we go online, whether we think about it or not. We think our connection probably won't be interrupted by hackers or data probably won't be used against us. But using the internet without ExpressVPN, that's like driving without car insurance. Why would you take that risk? You should have car insurance. But that's not the point of this ad because every time you connect to an unencrypted network, cafes, hotels, airports, any hacker on the same network can gain access to your personal data, whether it's your passwords, financial details, etc. It doesn't take much technical knowledge to hack someone also. Just some cheap hardware, a smart 12-year-old could easily do it, without a doubt. And also your data is valuable. Hackers can make up to $1,000 per person selling personal information on the dark web. ExpressVPN acts as online insurance. It creates a secure 
encrypted tunnel between your device and the internet so hackers can't steal your personal data. It would take a hacker with a supercomputer over a billion years to get past ExpressVPN's encryption. And after a billion years, you'll be dead. So it doesn't matter. And ExpressVPN is simple to use on all your devices. Just fire up the app and click one button to get protected. Secure your online data today by visiting expressvpn.com slash suggestible. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash suggestible. And you can get an extra three months free. Expressvpn.com slash suggestible. Let's finish this show. Let's finish it together. And Claire can also be there for it. That's what I think. Let's do it. A billion years, it said. That's a long time. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Okay, ask me the thing. I was going to say also his character in Stranger Things at the moment is also in a Russian prison. Like, did you, there was a post credits in the last season. Yes, that is, yeah, uh, that's yeah, right. Weird coincidence. But um, so there's a couple of things. There's a moment where they talk about how they're all sterilized and they've all had their womb removed and everything else. Yes. So that's that's actually, that was a complaint a few years ago because in Age of Ultron there's a scene, and I didn't even think of it in the time. I was just like, yeah, it didn't bother me or whatever, but it's pretty fucked up in hindsight where basically they go, Oh, I'm a monster. I can't have children. That's kind of that kind of scene which is like not explicitly, but she's like they took you know I, they took away my ability to have children, or whatever. And and then in this, they they kind of address that like in a really gruesome and like flippant way intentionally. That so that ah. was that was the idea behind that. So what heart back to the fact that she said she talked about it in a really yeah, and it's just a thing that happens way. to all the black widows in the universe and it's like why did you even <laughs> include this in this movie it's such a weird addition yeah, yeah. and that's... just to be like oh the worst thing in the world can you imagine not even not even i mean obviously it's terrible but you know what i mean but like yeah. if it actually happened to you but just be like oh that's the worst thing that could happen you know what it's so imagine not having children yeah yeah you know what it's so interesting to me though because i wasn't bothered by it i mm. thought it was interesting it made me think something interesting and i this might be a bit controversial i don't sure. know the the ability for women to have kids, right, and mm. have a uterus and fallopian tubes and all that stuff means that we are constantly on a hormonal cycle, sure. right? Yeah. So our hormones fluctuate, our body type fluctuates, so yep. our body fluctuates during the month depending on how much level of hormones we have on board. Water retention. Yeah, but just also even our ligaments and things like yeah. that are slightly different and the way we feel about things is also slightly different. Not saying that women can't do everything at any time of the month. That's not what I'm saying at all. Mm. But just that, like, periods can be really painful and they are really annoying. Yeah. And I kind of thought the idea of just having my womb removed was kind of great. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's also coming from somebody who's had two but see, kids. see, I've had babies. And it's very much and like exactly. no more kids. But this is exactly yeah. right. So I'm not – look, I wasn't looking at it. Even though, obviously, yeah, because I've had two babies. I think we're recording on three microphones. Oh, are we? Yeah. Oh, no. Well, that's going to come out weirdly. All right. I'll just unplug one of them. All should right. be right. Is that all right? Is that right? Yeah, it should be yeah. fine. 
So, yes, from someone who has had two kids mm. and so I'm looking at it from that perspective and so I know I'm incredibly lucky because it's not a flippant topic to yeah. talk about fertility and people, you know, and all of those things and there are amazing benefits to having this kind of hormonal cycles too and the insights they give you and, you know, I, I'm not saying that I want to have my room removed. However... There was a part of me that was like, yeah, if I'm going to be a super soldier, it would be really useful to just never have my period sure, yeah, and yeah. never have to think about it ever again. You do so many flips. <laughs> you could wear so much, so many white jeans. Yeah, I know. Well, they're wearing like white bodysuits. Wearing a white bodysuit. I don't know. And what do you think of the white bodysuit? Yeah, I loved the white bodysuit. <laughs> that was super cool. Because the other part of it that I loved was that obviously both those women are, in, I mean, and Rachel Weiss as well, they're all incredibly beautiful looking mm. women, right? But they weren't tiny, stick, skinny, like, waifs. Yeah. They looked like women who could fight. I, th- I think especially Florence Pugh. Yeah. They were grounded and had, like, muscle and mm. actually looked physically sort of strong and taking up space in that way. Yeah. Ra- like women who do CrossFit, you know? Yeah, yeah. Rather than kind of that waif-like slender kind of woman who – looks like a supermodel but just happens to also be very fit, yeah. you know? I don't know. I really enjoyed that. I felt like there was something in that and in the other women who were fighting as well, even though they're all incredibly beautiful, but they're diverse and mm. their body types were diverse and they didn't all look like I feel like 20 years ago, 10 years ago even, this movie would have had just a whole lot of supermodels. Well, 10 years ago when she showed up in Iron Man 2 when she was introduced – yeah, it's weird. It's a real. It's a real weird. It's a real weird inclusion. Yeah, like the scenes are very much like, oh, bloody, have a look at this, boys. Check it out. There's even like lines like that in the in the actual movie. Wow, so yeah. I haven't rewatched those in a long time. You don't need to rewatch yeah, Iron but, Man too. But. <laughs> yeah, but that's the thing because I even felt like Scarlett Johansson in this. Don't get me wrong; they still look incredible. Oh yeah, beautiful. I mean they're all movie stars. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But more in a way that their bodies and what they're wearing looked much more like something you would actually wear mm. when you were fighting and in that scenario. Yeah. Rather than something that was put there as like a glamour edition for like the boys to watch in their action movie. Oh, like look a at bauble, this. You yeah. know? <laughs> I just even the shoes she was wearing, I don't know if you noticed I that. I didn't notice the shoes. They were wearing no. boots. Okay, yeah, like that makes boots sense. Boots and shoes that felt heavy and that would get you places. It kicked and someone right in the head. Seriously. Yeah. I Really, I also really enjoyed that whole plot twist and how that unfolded with the taskmaster. Yeah, the the villain who was the little girl that she exploded. Yes, yeah. yes, correct. So, it, yeah. so this is a point of controversy for some comic book fans. I don't care because I don't care about the taskmaster. But the taskmaster is normally for one a man, and oh. two has some sort of backstory. It doesn't matter. He's not like a major <laughs> villain. So people are like, oh, they can't believe they ruined taskmaster or whatever. But it really, it's like. Who cares? Well, what do you think of that reveal of – because as soon as they were like, and she killed her daughter in an explosion and Ray Winston was there, I'm like, oh, that's who the Taskmaster is. I didn't certainly. really care about her, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> I, just didn't, I didn't find that very really interesting. I, what I liked so what, was So the like, reveal wasn't like, oh, oh I my just God. didn't really care that much. Yeah, I don't know why I didn't care. I mean, it was a little bit disturbing. I don't know what I, I – you know why I didn't care? Because the characters were so well-developed that all I really wanted to do was spend more time with Rachel Weiss and – 
David Harbour, Harbour, Harbour. What about when Harbour David Harbour has to and fight her and he's like, ah. Yeah, I really enjoyed that bit. When, and what I mean by the reveal, I didn't really, I don't know, Taskmaster, mm. Smashmaster. I don't know. I don't know. I'm sure there's a big backstory. Farter. <laughs> yeah, Arsvata. Oh, God, that's awful. <laughs> no, um, what I enjoyed about that was that it was a little bit like one of those heist kind of movies yeah. where that section of the film I felt was really kind of fun and the plot, the twist where they reveal that they're each other's characters and then it slowly reveals itself that they'd pre-planned that. Yeah. I just really loved that. She I broke her nose, Claire. Yeah, and I love that idea that she was like, think about the science of it. And yeah. I just, I love the idea that those two women. I mean, you've got to put cotton buds in her nose, as I said, but yes. Um, <laughs> yes, correct. But, you know, not everyone has cotton buds on hand. Mm. No, what I what I loved about that was that, those two women with their particular history, so like her, her sort of pretend mother, I guess, of like three years yeah. and Black Widow, and in that moment when Rachel Weiss has called in the cavalry, and, yeah. you know, called in what is, what's his face, the Russian villain, I just really loved that in that moment they must they decided to plot and plan and mm. that Rachel Weiss's character kind of had this whole elaborate story that she did so yeah. deadpan and so yeah. calmly. And I loved how like through that whole sequence she was this really like she just had everything in hand. She was like, all right, I've decided to explode one of the engines and I'm yeah. just that's what we're doing. The plan has changed. We're going to keep going. Yeah. You know, I just I really, I don't know, I really enjoyed well, that's, that. That's, that's also like Ocean's Eleven. Or yeah, no, totally. And that's something I, I also agree with because often I think in these TV shows and movies and that, especially when – they're set in a time when there are other Avengers around. You'd be like, why didn't they just call Iron Man or whatever? But I didn't feel like in this movie that they needed to. There was never a point where it's like she's well in over her head here. It yes. was kind of like, I mean, obviously there's stakes. Like I didn't feel like the stakes were low at the same time. But no, it felt like, oh, no, these they've got this. That's okay. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly, which I also really enjoyed because I think often in these movies, you're right, Black Widow might be in a scene or any of the female characters will be in a scene. I think, but, any, I think it goes for any of Yeah, but any of them. And then the yeah. stakes sort of then lower because you're like, oh, okay, here comes Iron Man, explode, explodey, bang, bang, bang. Fight, 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 and it's done. Yeah. And I guess that was a little bit like what this was, but I felt like the plot was a bit more intricate than that. And at the end of the day, I sort of felt like it was fun. Like yeah. they they done this for to avenge, you know, their childhoods and also to stop the world being taken over by Russian superwomen. Mm. But <laughs> but also, it was just they'd also done it for an adventure. Mm. And I, I got that sense. I liked the bit where she had to fight all the Black Widows as well. I, I didn't mention that in my other review, but I thought that was a really good scene. Yeah, yeah. I guess that was cool. Where I don't know. I, I like really the, like, like fighting. I think because she's supposed to be the best of all of them. And when they all pile on top of her and she's doing all right, then it's like, oh, this isn't going so well. Yeah, it just starts to wear yeah. her down. Yeah. I, I mean, Thor would have done better, but whatever. <laughs> <laughs> but he was in space at this time. He was. As was Captain Marvel. Well, there you go. I also liked that whole pheromone thing. Yeah, like right. I thought he was genuinely terrifying, that guy. I mean, he can't do – he can't hold his cockney British accent at bay. But, yeah, I like Ray yeah. Winston. Yeah, yeah, but I, I just kind of – the idea I – th- I really believed that idea that he – all of these women mm. and these people he'd sort of mind-controlled from the minute yeah. they were, you know, really tiny kids. And, mm. and so that – I liked that – the script because it had that layer of complexity of – childhood familiarity with yeah. people and that when you've grown up with someone as a child, even if they're not a particularly great person, 
they're in your childhood, they're in yeah. your psyche, and they have something over you in totally, an interesting yeah. way. And I thought that was really interesting. Even how it was only three years that they were a nuclear family, mm. but that was like the best three years totally. of her life. Yeah. That was so sad. And then when they're singing Bye Bye Miss American Pie in yeah. the bedroom, I just really believed that scene. I mm. thought, oh, parents have been there when their kids had like a massive meltdown and then you're kind of in there trying to... Yeah say the right thing but you can't say the right thing mm. but somehow you can get you get through to them and there's a moment and then all of a sudden the Russians come and are going to kill you, <laughs> you know. And the Russians come, yeah. Very familiar. I think it is interesting as well when like you see some, like as the, uh, Ray Winston, the bad guy, when you see someone from your childhood who was like terrifying and then you meet them as an adult and there's a bit of like, ugh, and then you're kind of like, oh, hang on. <laughs> this, yeah. this is fine. <laughs> you know, this is not a... You yeah. know, do you know what I mean? I think yeah. that did that scene really well where it seemed like she was on the back foot. But yeah. like you said, she kind of went in with a plan. And I also liked how they explored a little bit about her real mother, how like she never stopped looking and was oh. probably killed. And I also liked that she didn't get any closure from that. Like it was just something that was taken away from her. But, you know, she gained this other family, but that's something she'll probably never. Yeah. Or, or that I know. I love that idea that her mother was just as kick-ass and mm. energetic and a fighter like yeah. her. And even though, yeah, you don't actually find out who she was, the idea that that's where Scarlett Johansson or Black Widow's character gets her fire from, mm. from this woman whose child was taken from her and who just never stopped fighting and they ended up having to assassinate her yeah. because she was so... Um, tenacious. Yeah, tenacious. Yeah. I love that. Yeah, there was just lots and lots of elements to this film that made it really enjoyable to watch and it did that thing which I always love where it walks that line of being fun and funny but then kind of gets you in the feels. Yeah. And I and it's kind of in places really deeply touching mm. and I think touches on kind of themes and chords that are universal, like parent parenting yeah. and like childhood memories and, you know, growing up and, and like sibling reg- relationships. And regrets as parents, you know, things yeah. that you, you know, could have done better or. Yeah, like when we mm. regretted um, selling our kids off to a Russian <laughs> agency and brainwashing them. I've really. I mean, I regretted that. it. You didn't show that much regret. <laughs> it's true, yeah. but they'll be super billions. True. Yeah. True. Good. Uh, anyway, look. I think maybe if I'd have gone in thinking that it was going to be great, I probably would have been disappointed. But I was really like, I can't be bothered with this. Like, I just want to get through this one to get to the next one, you know. And I I really liked it. Yeah, a lot. lot. Yeah, Yeah, it meant a lot. It actually meant a lot to me, this film, Mm. because it's, it's it's an example and I thought about it at the end. It's an example that often they say things like, oh, well, female characters aren't just going to be as interesting it's like mm. the same with the tennis or whatever, you know? Well, there was a lot of, like, the guy who was in charge at Marvel was very much, like, put a lot of female characters in the background and didn't give them solo f- f- movies or action figures. So yeah. that's kind of the one of many reasons, but that was one of the reasons why we didn't start to get these until, like, I think Wonder Woman was successful and then it was like, oh, shit, we could... We could actually like, do Because Black Widow's in a bunch of these movies. She's just never had... Like she's a main solo. character in The Winter Soldier. Like she's one of the main characters yeah, in that. But she yeah. just never had her own mm. movie. Yeah. And, I, and that's what I mean. It meant a lot to me for this reason because I think there's this thing that happens where a woman like has to 
if a woman or a diverse character, mm. like someone of a different culture You should see some Little here. Mermaid comments online at the moment, Claire, when they showed some Little Mermaid pictures. Oh, I see. Mm. I don't know if I want to do that. Do well, I? they didn't cast a white person, so some oh, people are very God. upset. Oh, no. What I wanted to say about mm. this particular train of thought was that often what they do is they, they hang the whole fate of whether films should star someone from a cultural, different cultural background mm. or a woman, for instance, in these action movies on the one movie. Yes. And if the one movie doesn't come off, well, then they go, see, it didn't work. Absolutely. And there is literally millions of films and action films starring male superheroes and male action heroes, and some of them are terrible. and a lot some of them are, are terrible. And most of them probably are mediocre, and then there are some that are brilliant. Yep. And what I loved about Black Widow is that it's a great film and is it Oscar winning? Probably not, but it's like a really great example of an action movie and it, and most of the characters are women. Mm. And that's awesome, but that's not the reason why they're doing it. They're doing it or because... Or even the reason why it's good. You know, and it's so. not the reason why it's good. They're just good actors and a good script with a great director. And I think the more movies like this that we can get... The more, some of them will be bad. Some yeah, of them oh, will definitely. Be good. Some but of them will be mediocre. But think, that's what we need. We just need more stuff made by women. And you know, you've definitely hit on something there because in the early two thousands, they made they had a couple of t- attempts at female superheroes. They did Catwoman and Elektra, one with Halle Berry, one with uh, Jennifer Garner, and they're terrible. They're terrible movies, and they didn't do well. And I think there was that thing of like. These, these don't do well, people don't like them. It's like, no, you made a bad, bad movie. Bad movies, yeah. That's what's, that's what's wrong with it. And then people are also like, well, they're great, you know, female action heroes. There's Sarah Connor. There's Ripley from Aliens. Those movies are fucking 30 years old. You know, they're, they're old. You can have more. And, mm. you know, little kids aren't being like, I'm going to watch Aliens. <laughs> it's a fucking great movie. I love Aliens. But... You know, it's not for a 10-year-old no. kid. Yeah. yeah. And even if it yeah. was, you can still make more. Yeah. You know? That's what I mean. That's exactly the point. And those two films that you've spoken about are iconic movies. Yes. Like they are the best of the creme de la creme, James shall we Cameron. say. They are though. They've got like the creme de la creme of movies. Yeah. And so they're in a way they're outliers. They're those like starring movies that will last forever. What we almost need is a shitload of mediocre films with women starring in them. (laughs) So we get more of the Sarah Connors in the, you know, in the universe Mm. because that's how you end up with those brilliant films and not just writing things off because, oh, well, it didn't work for, it happens all the time. It happens even in like leadership. It's called like the glass, Cliff. Okay. So in political leadership, women, for instance, like Theresa May. Yes. So they'll put a woman in when things are about to really slide off the cliff. <laughs> and so boy, like, was it too. And, and then when it does happen, everyone goes, well, see, women just can't hack it. I mean, and she wasn't great also. But yes. No, no, I'm not saying I'm a supporter of Theresa May. <laughs> yeah, what yeah. I am saying is she inherited oh, yeah. a terrible, garbage, yeah. Absolute terrible garbage. position and To be like, you have to and, do Brexit. And and <laughs> as if she's any better than like Boris. Like, do you know what I mean? Actually, yeah, I, I know, you know, yeah, anyway, yeah, I know. I'm not a political expert. All I'm saying is that happens very often. I agree. Correct. Okay, cool. That's I, it. That's the episode. Do you have anything else to uh, say? Not really. I um, I thought it was – okay, what, and, and I wanted to quickly ask about this. I did mention this on the show as well. I thought the reveal that 
she was like, she unbrainwashed Taskmaster. And then she was like, I'm sorry, I put you in the explosion. And Taskmaster's like, that's cool, don't worry about it. But I think it would have been more interesting if she was like, I do not forgive you. You did this to me. But there was kind of like, ah, oh, well, it's forgiven or whatever. But like, you killed a child, essentially, you know? Yeah. Mm. So yeah. I thought that was a bit kind of like, ah, you're kind of washing your hands of that. Yeah. Because the whole thing about Black Widow in movies prior to this and also the comics is she's got a lot of red in her ledger, which means she's basically killed a bunch of people. Yeah. Not all of which deserved it, probably. Yeah. She's well, not, she's she's not a good assassin. Right? Yeah, exactly. So they're not. Like a lot of the Avengers as well. Like they're not good people. Like Tony Stark was an arms dealer, you know. Yeah. And I think just kind of the way they leaned away from that I thought was a bit bit of a cop out. But all in all, pretty good, man. Pretty good. What's next, Claire, though? While you're bringing up the letter, do you want me to talk about review? Yes, please. You can actually review in app. You open up your app and you go, where, where, how do I? Oh, it's so simple. I do it in app, you say to yourself. It's from Kay Braids who says, fantastic pod, perfect podcast, simple idea, very informative, great suggestions with two fantastic hosts. That's us, Claire. That's us. I assume. Hosty hosts. That's right. That's us. That's us. What's uh? What do you got for in terms of letters? You Ooh, told right. me how to okay, letter. Okay, so I've got a beautiful letter this week. Is well, it an audio it's letter? an audio letter oh, that you can send to suggestiblepod at gmail.com. This one is from Nathan Bauer, and I wanted to just say I've thank you. I've heard this name. Yeah, thank you so much, Nathan, for writing in. I'm not thanking you yet, Nathan, because I haven't heard it. All right, so you can do this just by recording a voice memo into your phone and emailing it to us, uh, just like Nathan did. This is a very personal one, okay. but I think really worth a listen. Let's do it. Hello, Claire. Hello, James. This is Nathan Bauer, all the way from the UK, with a very personal suggestible. Now, at first, it might seem a little bit odd, but please stick with me. Let's do it. So, Season 5, Episode 10 of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, entitled Game Night. It's actually the 100th episode overall of the show, and my personal favourite. Because it's the one where Rosa Diaz, played by Stephanie Beatrice, comes out as bisexual. Now, the episode itself is pretty standard Brooklyn Nine-Nine stuff, uh, the usual hijinks and capers and all that sort of stuff. But the reason it always sticks out to me is because of a quote right at the very end of the episode where Captain Holt says the following. Every time someone steps up and says who they are, the world becomes a better, more interesting place. So, thank you. Now, ever since I first heard those words three and a half years ago, they've struck a chord with me. It was because of that exact quote that last year I was finally able to pluck up the courage and come out to my mum, who was of course very accepting, which of course I knew that she would be. However, when it comes to my dad, it's a little bit of a different story. Just to give you a bit of background, he's a very old-fashioned man, absolutely not the most progressive of blokes. So I was pretty terrified of telling him, and that's just because I didn't want him to reject me, and I didn't want to lose the relationship that I already had with him. But at the same time, it was also putting quite a bad strain on my own mental health. Hiding who I really was was causing me a lot of stress, anxiety, sleepless nights. I was even seeing a counsellor for quite a long time because of it. But today, whilst I was re-watching this episode of Brooklyn Nine-Nine, and I heard those beautiful words from Andre Barauta, once again I realised it was time to take the leap and to tell my dad who I really am. I plucked up the courage and thankfully he was very accepting and told me just how proud of me he was. I've included a screenshot of his full response to the email if you want to take a look at that for yourself. It was such a huge weight off my shoulder and it was amazing how much better I felt so quickly. So I just want to say to any other suggestible listeners out there who might still be in the closet, I know exactly 
how terrifying it can be to take that step out and to tell the world exactly who you are. It's daunting and nerve-wracking and anxiety-inducing and terrifying. But just like Captain Holt said, every time someone has the courage to say who they are, the world becomes a better, more interesting place. And that's the world that I want to live in. So thank you to everyone for being who you are. Thank you to everyone else for accepting us for who we are. And thank you to Claire and James for creating a community that encourages kindness and allows people to be exactly who they are. But not Mason, he's a dickhead. (laughs) (laughs) No, he's okay. (laughs) Thanks, guys. Love the show. Keep up the great work. That was amazing. I know. Um, I was like a, that was a roller coaster, man. You know what I mean? Yeah, it really was. Mm. I know. Thank you. I'm so glad it went well. And thank you so much for sharing that. I know. Really appreciate it, Nathan. I think that might have helped some other people too. I hope so. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's, yeah. Look, I can't even imagine just having that, you know, holding that in and just the absolute relief of just being, and just being accepted. You know, that's. I know. So wonderful. Yeah. So awesome. Mm. So. Look at you being all heartfelt. And Shut sincere. up, Claire. <laughs> no, I think it's great. I really do because you know it's just great. I don't know. It's just a really. It's a. It's just a nice thing. You know what I mean? I know, <laughs> and I think this world needs more nice things, yeah. right? We all need a bit of good. Captain news. Holt also is a terrific character. He really is. Yeah, he's, he's the best great. character in that show. Maybe. Yeah, mm. he super is. Yeah. Thank you so much, Nathan. And if you want to write in to suggestalpod at gmail.com, we would love to hear from you. Write us in. And thank you so much to Rob Collings, as always, for editing this episode. How does he do it? I don't know. We only talked about one recommendation this week. Well, that's the way it goes. We know, mate. I recommend it. Let's talk about a different superhero female movie next week. Let's do Electra. All right. Let's talk about the movie Electra. (laughs) Sequel to the movie Daredevil. Spin more spin off. Goodness gracious. Mm. All right. Sounds good. Okay. Till next week. Thanks, everybody. Bye. This podcast is part of the Planet Broadcasting Network. Visit planetbroadcasting.com for more podcasts from our great mates. I mean, if you want. It's up to you. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm.